All right, thanks for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Excuse me, I'm getting all choked up. Rick Tittle with you. That's <laughs> something going on. This is live radio, baby. <clears throat> Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to the show. Welcome to the show. One of the greatest basketball players of all time, Maya Moore Irons, and her husband, Jonathan Irons, is with us, and they're here to talk about their amazing book, Love and Justice. First of all, ladies first, Maya, you know, in sports, we always say he's a winner, she's a winner. But when we talk about you and we say she's a winner, I mean, you literally, you've won more than any other basketball player in history. Is that pretty much the the fact? It's overwhelming to think about. Yes, it's a fact. My career. Okay, my husband is spoken. He said, yes, it's a fact. But, yes, I've, I've, been, a, I've been able to be a part of a ridiculous amount of championship teams and, and play some major roles on those teams. So I am I am overwhelmed, too, when I hear hear the list. <laughs> yes, and as you said, you were a major factor in all those uh, great victories. Jonathan, this is an amazing story, as I said. Can you just tell us how it all got off the ground? Well, uh, I, I think it started with uh, Maya's great-uncle, Hugh Flowers, who was the first male to to just believe in me and uh, take a chance and you know, investing in me. And he introduced me to his, his daughter and her husband, which are, which are Maya's, Godparents, and they came to see me every weekend. They brought me food in prison. Uh, they they went around. They went and got my whole file. They were they were investigating my case, um, and then they then they uh, got to introduce the facts of my case to Maya. And Maya started to begin uh, studying and learning, and then you know she came to see me in prison, and we just became friends. We hit it off, and like we just continued to encourage each other through the years, and we got to a place where we were like, hey. Um, I, I think we, I think, I think we need to figure out how we can explore our feelings because we, we, we acknowledge that we had deeper feelings for each other and that we, that we had fallen in love. But like we were aware of the, uh, the circumstances of me being in prison, which was, which was so impossible to have a relationship in. But by the grace of God, we figured it out, and you know, one thing led to another. And here I am, we're free, and we have a, a child who's eating us out of house and home right now. <laughs> Well, Maya, I just think about the fact that you you believed in a man who was wrongly accused. You proved it. But on paper, I'm sure you had friends and family are like, don't fall for some guy in prison. What are you doing? And what was it? And you're like, no, this guy's innocent, and I'm going to prove it. Man, I know. It's, it's, an, it's crazy. Like, you don't – it's crazy in the sense of how is this happening? How does this happen and work? You know, I'm thinking those same things, too. Of like, what is this journey? But the one of the best parts of this journey is that the people that I actually kind of look to and know me were the people that knew Jonathan already. So I actually got introduced to Jonathan through people who helped raise me. And so I didn't have to convince them because they knew Jonathan better than I did at the time. And so, you know, the conversation with my mom, of course, wasn't the easiest, and we, we touch more on that in the book of how uh, she handled <laughs> the idea. But, um, yeah, my, my friends that, that I walk closely with, um, you know, they trust me, they know me, they know I, I look for character in, in my relationships. And so they also tried to get to know Jonathan um, through me and just maybe a, a rare chance to get to talk to him on the phone, and then they fell in love with Jonathan. So... When you when so, when someone actually sees Jonathan and gets to know him, it doesn't take long 
to see the treasure that he is, and it doesn't take much convincing. Um, but then learning the facts of his case just makes it even more infuriating because you see how wrong it is and how, um, how does a nightmare like this happen. And Jonathan, if you could share with us, I mean, it's, it's hard enough going to prison, and I can't imagine going to prison for a crime you didn't commit, and you were just a teenager. How do you maintain your faith? How do you maintain your rage in that type of situation? I mean, you just—it it, just—it just develops um, over time. You become more and more aware that, like, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to get you. And I—I I come to, by the time I met Maya uh, and her family, I had—I had been in a position uh, where I, I just realized I wasn't going home, and and my my my, my rage did swell up in my heart, and I, I, I had pain and anger and resentment and all of these things overtaking my heart. But I learned from inside, like, you can't live in that. Like, the more the more you embrace that and live in that, the more you miss the blessings and, and the hope in front of you because it comes. It comes in wave after wave. And I decided, I, I, I decided to, to, to leave that behind and focus on what was important. Well, Jonathan, you, you said the key word, hope. So you still had hope in a hopeless situation like that? Yeah, yeah. I, believe it or not, I uh, it, it just I, I believe it was like the, the wind of the wind of God just blowing into me, just encouraging me and pushing me. Like, don't give up because I, just when I I thought I came to my wit's end in one section or like reading a case, some more information would come up in our case. We would find new information that had been buried, or I found a case that helped me make 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 sense of what what I was learning, or I, I made a contact with a lawyer that later on would become a part of my team and they were like yes you're right this is totally right but what do you need to do what what what, what do you what kind of evidence do you need to prove this and they people just continue to encourage me and then i had the love of of, of the family that was behind me my family like they, they they were behind me and pushing me and encouraging me and just telling me come on you can do it don't give up that's great and and maya for you do you think this is and this is just kind of more of like a true love question do you think this this was something where you know because of the situation you met you fell in love or do you think like <clears throat> there was something ethereal with the universe that this was supposed to happen and, and no matter what was going to happen you two were going to end up together no matter what well the the lens that we see the world through is greatly impacted by our walk with god like we we follow jesus we have a real relationship with our creator and we think we 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 feel like when we when you live life walking with your creator as best as you can trying to love people um there's a way that jesus modeled for us to live to be as human as possible and what flourishing looks like and it's sacrificial love and so we were confident as we moved through this journey that we were doing the right thing because we were walking and moving in love trying to seek truth and justice. And when you do those things, you know, your story falls in place. Now, the story might not look exactly how you want, but we had confidence that we were moving in our destiny. We were moving in our purpose. We didn't know how it was going to totally unfold, but we knew if we clung together and, and, and stayed anchored in love that, that we were going to end up where we were supposed to be, and that is where we are right now. 
Very well said. Last question for you guys. Jonathan, uh, the, 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 the horrifyingly frustrating thing is that there are a lot of men and women like you that are right now incarcerated, and um, they're not supposed to be there. Are you guys now advocating for you know that type of situation to, to help those who are in need that way? We have joined in the fight. The, uh, the, the work is great, but the laborers are few. Um, and we can't say to everybody, but we are, we are partnering with people that are doing the work, and we're continuing to encourage and consult and share our story mm-hmm. and help where we can. Yeah, there's an organization called For the People that do great work with helping to reform prosecution, uh, prosecutorial reform. So prosecutors have a lot of power in undoing wrongful convictions and preventing wrongful convictions. And so our nonprofit, Win With Justice, is where you can find more information about that. And then, Jonathan, we also partner with another organization. Yeah, we partner with the Exoneration Project out of Chicago because they're doing great work, and they have the highest success rate in the nation right now of, of working with wrongful conviction cases. Well, it's an amazing story of love, and it has a happy ending as well. The book is Love and Justice, a story of triumph on two different courts from our guests, Maya Moore Irons and Jonathan Irons. Congratulations, you two, on your son and getting out in this book, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, and I just want to say I love your uh, your introduction, the, the auto-tune. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's dope, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.